Um, one of my favourite topics is to talk about how life is full of distractions in Melbourne. I'm, I'm always fighting the distractions. Uh, I know Leo and right now he's fighting his own distractions up the back there. Um, our gadgets, the 24 hours news cycle, the uh, social media, just, just check Facebook one more time to see if something exciting might be happening. Um, and uh, we're so distracted that we get ourselves into danger. The, the allure to check your smartphone when you're driving even like is causing car crashes and people to put their lives and other people's lives in danger. In the public swimming pools uh, now, I, I noticed in the swimming pool, um, you know, if you're a parent and you've got little kids, you, you've got to, your, your responsibility is those kids. And they've now got signs up in the public swimming pools around here of um, a, a, a person holding the smartphone and a big circle and a no through it. You're not allowed to do that because, you know, you, your child might get into trouble. That's how distracted we are. They've got to say this now. Well, the Christmas story of the Magi in Matthew 2 presents an interesting challenge for distracted people because there is actually two stories and they're sort of running together and they overlap. And the two stories, one is terrifying and traumatic and dramatic and it involves an evil King Herod and uh, his um, grab for power, um, like Kevin Spacey's character out of House of Cards. He, he kills everyone to get to the top, even his own children, um, to get into that top job. So he's not going to let anything get in his way. That's one story. But the other story is about these magi. Tradition says three, um, but we actually don't know how many. And that they're going for something spiritual, something deeper. There's something profound that they're seeking. Who were these magi? Well, they're from the east. The word magi comes from the word magician or magos. And uh, we think they come from probably from Bab um, Babylon, about 900 kilometers away. Persian, followers of Zoroastria, um, scholars of spirituality, um, and they incorporated Babylonian spirituality that we think, which included astrology. Um, and they would have had some understanding of Jewish teaching. Um, and so from their understanding, they came to interpret this star in the sky. Uh, they, they had been looking up in the sky. Imagine doing this for your job, looking up in the sky, scanning the heavens. And when I, when I, I remember at uni when I did um, History and Philosophy of Science, Unit 1, it was all about the history of astronomy. And back then what they used to do is they'd map the stars each night and there would be people. And this is probably what the Magi were doing. And they'd watch the dots and they didn't know what they were. They believed in you know, a sphere above and they didn't know about planets then, but they mapped them and they saw things moving around. But this was all part of their understanding. And then suddenly a star appears that had not been there before. Now, if you were the 24-hour news cycle and you had these two stories, these eccentric spiritual scholars, astronomers, astrologers, Eastern Persian, you had those guys, and then you had killer King Herod, you'd go for Herod. That'd be on the front page of the age. That'd be on with videos and interviews and comments from around the world. Donald Trump would make a comment, he'd say, let's just bomb them, that's what he'd say. And we'd be commentary around that. But Matthew points us to the real news. 
the people who know where the real action is. See, these magi, they weren't a distracted people. They were searching for God. And this is why they spotted the star. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him, they say. This star was a sign from heaven. It was a sign that heaven and earth were moving back together again. In the Bible, we read that sin throws everything out of kilter. It throws your own personal life out of kilter. It throws society out of kilter. It even throws the universe out of kilter. But what we see in the Christmas story is the beginnings of God bringing those two things back together again, putting heaven and earth back in alignment. This star breaking in from the heavens is pointing to that new era we're in. So they come and see, come to see. Sometimes there are events in our lives where we hear about the news and we drop everything. I remember when Catherine Campbell had David, their firstborn son. Joe and I heard, we got the text message, we got the call, dropped everything to go and see David. That's what you do for your nephew. This is what the Magi were doing. 900 miles through Bethlehem. Think of like the desert that they would have been going through. They would have had a big entourage, but the scavengers, the, the animals. It was just like one of those desert planets in Star Wars. Sorry, it's fresh in my mind from the other night. Saw it for the second time. Not as bad as Ashley, who saw it for seven times. Yeah, seven times in one week. Amazing. Go, Ashley. Why did they go 900 kilometers? Was it because they wanted a gap year and just travel and experience life and, you know, grow a bit? No. Was it for political gain? No. Was it to get something for their Persian king and bring it back? No. They wanted to be close to God. And so you might be here this morning and you hear perhaps out of some kind of obligation to your family or to yourself because you think, oh, I better go to church on Christmas Day. And you don't really feel particularly close to God. You might have spent the recent years of your life um, pursuing other things, work, maybe family, maybe study, and you haven't really had much time to pursue any kind of Christian faith. You might sit there in the back, parked in the back, and you, you think to yourself, well, maybe one day I'll get onto that. And you might have had some great success in what you're doing, or not. And nevertheless, you, you still feel that great hunger and that need for something more, a deeper truth. If that's you, I want you to t- look at the Magi as a, uh, the scholars from the East, as, a, as an inspiration to put everything down and to go and to pursue Christ. It's not that you have to stop working. It's not that you have to leave your family behind necessarily. No, we don't want you to stop being friends with people. But these are not the most important things. The most important thing is to be close to Jesus, is to be in a relationship with God. Now, as the, the Magi enters into the territory of Israel, Herod, Herod pulls out his iPhone and opens up the app to check out where everyone is this tracking up his God, and he sees that these fellas from the east are coming in in town. Are they spies? Are they Persian scholars? What are they looking for? 
Well, apparently they're looking for a newborn king. What does this mean? So Herod brought together his own conference of uh, spiritual experts, his own magi, his own magicians, his own Jewish scholars, all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, it says. And pretending to be pious, he he inquires about what the, the, the scriptures say. And they quote Micah chapter 5, verse 2 and 4. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So evil Herod, um, putting on this false piety, calls together the Magi and says, can you give me a bit more information? When did the star appear? Why don't you go to Bethlehem and find the exact location? Sort of trying to look like he's really interested, but really what he's doing is sending them on a manhunt, isn't he? He's worried about his territory. He's holding on to power. But the Magi, they weren't looking through these kind of eyes. They were looking through spiritual eyes. And you'll find that if you do decide to turn over a new leaf with your faith and pursue Jesus, that you will find people will try and meddle with you. They'll try and obstruct what you're doing. They'll try and get in your way and interfere. They'll try and talk you out of it. But don't let this stop you. Because this is the joy for which we were made. And if you do meet him, you'll find that you will want to respond. And that response will be a kind of a self-giving. Herod wants to hold on to everything he has. But the Magi travelled so far. He must be pretty important. They meet Jesus and they give him three gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Now there's this nice tradition in the, in the history of the church about these gifts. And we can't be sure if the tradition is correct. In fact, it's probably not, but it's really cool. And I'll tell you anyway, um, because it's not necessarily unhelpful. And that is that each gift was to point to a quality in Jesus. Um, as if the Magi somehow supernaturally knew what his life was really going to be about in the future. Um, the gold apparently represented his kingship because he was the last and the perfect king of Israel. His dynasty would never end, so they gave him gold. The frankincense incense was what the Jews used. It's the only kind of incense they could use on the altar in the temple. So this kind of pointed to, so the tradition says, to his divinity. This was the son of God. And myrrh, well, the, the Jews didn't actually embalm bodies the way other people in the east did but they did a kind of a a, a kind of an embalming and they they used um myrrh as a as a an oil to make it not the body not smell so bad and tradition says that this pointed to jesus future sacrificial death now if the tradition is correct the magi's gifts symbolize god's plan to save the world the baby jesus they had come to worship was the god king who would in 33 odd years time die and rise again. If the tradition is not true, if all of that was a coincidence, these expensive gifts would have definitely helped Mary and Joseph and their baby pay their way through their flee to Egypt as they ran as refugees for their life. Because you use any money, any resources you've got to escape. Matthew 2 verse 10 says that when the Magi saw the star, they were overjoyed. 
And when they saw the child Jesus with his mother Mary, they bowed down and they worshipped him. Their dangerous but important journey had been completely worth it. And so it will be for you if you turn to Jesus this Christmas. I challenge you to push out the distractions, the distractions of your life for one moment. Put down your iPhone, put down your toys, and follow the longing of your heart and you will find joy. There you go. My own son's distracting me. (laughs) Follow this joy and you will be changed. It says in Matthew 2 verse 12 that the Magi returned by a different route. And if you come to Christ, you will return by a different route because nobody gives their life to Christ and is the same ever again. Merry Christmas, everyone. Let me pray for us. O God, who by a star guided the wise men to the worship of your Son, we pray you to lead to yourself the wise and great of every land that unto you every knee will bow and every thought be brought into captivity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.